Do you work on a remote team all over the country? Do you have friends and family just too far away to visit? Are you struggling to connect communities that are never in the same place? Introducing TriviaThrowdownOnline.com The classic pub trivia experience with all of your friends and colleagues, but from the comfort of your own home or office. Designed for 6 to 60 players with question types built to encourage teamwork and collaboration. One of our live MCs runs the entire 75-minute experience, so you don't have to do anything except for show up, bring a drink, and get ready for some fun. TriviaThrowdownOnline.com. Book your free demo and get a quote today. Two more days. Two more days. Get yourself ready. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Mike Blitz. I'm your host, Mike Wade. My co-host over there, Mike White. What's up, my dude? Happy Thursday. Happy Thursday, man. Flying through the week. Flying through the week. We are two days away from actual football, which is crazy to talk about and think about, but that is a thing that we're going to do here pretty soon. Um, so feel good about that. Um, where are you sitting right now? You, you look very nice, by the way. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I'm in my own personal office. Love it. Love it. Uh, today I am drinking a, it's midday. My kids are out there. So I'm not, I'm not ready. I'm not I'm having a libation. I'm having a coconut Waterloo. Um, who, ABV is exactly 0.0. I think the hops are pretty low. It's got a nice crisp finish. I'm feeling pretty good about it. Yeah. I'm drinking water. So nice. right nice. there with you. Stay hydrated <laughs> to have a cocktail later. That's the idea. So oh, yeah. Yeah. it's not going to be much longer now. That's true. That's true. All right, cool. So this is your last preseason pod of the season. Mike and I are going to talk about a uh, little cleanup, kind of uh, wrap the preseason so we can get to the real season. Today, we're going to talk about um, some impact transfers. Obviously, the NIL and transfer era that we are in. We've seen some names really fly around. So we're going to talk about some names that are interesting. We're going to talk about some coaching hot seats. We already talked about some great hires that are starting their regimes, their respective schools. We're going to talk about a couple names that might be on the very end or could be in the very end. And then we're going to do a very quick, brief preview of week zero. It was only seven games. Not a lot to talk about, but a couple things. Um, so let's go ahead and get right into it. So obviously some teams are changing fast with so many guys moving around. And there's a couple guys that are kind of the top of my list in terms of like making a big deal and they get there. Obviously, anybody who listens to this podcast knows I'm a diehard Demon Deacons fan. Uh, died in the wool, have been forever. It wasn't just last year. It's a, it's a traditional thing for me. Um, it's got to be the quarterback, Sam Hartman, moving over to Notre Dame. I'm just excited to see him play. Yeah, he is going to be definitely a, a big name to watch, not only because of the numbers he put up at Wake Forest, but also Notre Dame. One of the big things missing last year was quarterback play. So can he push them to the next level? That's the big yeah. question for them. Exactly. And that's, you know, and like, you know, obviously coming from the Dave Clawson, that slow mesh RPO style offense, which is not what Marcus Freeman is not what they're running there. I'm super interested to see how he assimilates, but honestly, just having a guy who can put the ball down the field is like, like Sam Hartman can, they're going to have defense. They're going to have the run game. I think he's got a big impact. Uh, who's, who's top of your list. Uh, for me, I've got to stick in the same vein and go uh, Devin Leary going yep. from NC State to Kentucky. The ACC losing a lot of quarterback talent with those guys. And uh, I think 
Kentucky again, you know, can you reload at the quarterback spot, so to speak, after uh, losing Will Levis to the NFL draft? I think Devin Leary is actually a step up. I think he's got a bigger arm um, and he should be another plug and play guy that can that can help um, really define what Kentucky's football season looks like. So I, a couple of things here. One, uh, I'll totally agree with your analysis. Spot on. Um, the other thing that's happened is not, not only um, is not only is he coming to Kentucky, they're bringing Liam, Liam Cohen back. Liam Cohen's a former yeah. offensive coordinator of Kentucky. He was not, was not there last year. He was there for the Will Levis coming out party two years ago. So I think it's a pretty good feeling about Liam Cohen, Devin Leary being back on the same team again. I think there's a lot of I think there's a lot of, of ground there to go. I, I think there's, a, there's an outside shot that uh, Devin Leary might be one of the better, if not the best, quarterbacks in the SEC this year. A lot of guys to compete with, but he certainly he certainly has a chance. Um, Next on my list, I'm going to stick on the quarterback one more time. I'm going to go Tanner Mordecai. Tanner Mordecai going over from SMU to Wisconsin. Yep. Um, at SMU, he threw for like 17 miles worth of yards, a bajillion yards. That was the offense they kind of ran. It's just very, very impressive what they did. He's running the air raid offense in Wisconsin. Um, so obviously, new OC, Phil Longo, the guy from UNC who really created um, – uh, Drake May and Sam Howell. Uh, so he's running the, Luke Fickle, great coach. Wisconsin, you you know they they've got guys who can play, especially guys who can block. So I'm really interested to see. It's going to be crazy to start in my eyeballs to see a Wisconsin team at Camp Randall throwing the ball bonkers. But obviously that doesn't happen unless you've got a good trigger man. And Tanner Mordecai seems to be a great fit for that spot. Yeah, and Luke Fickle does a lot uh, at the quarterback spot, and I think uh, Wisconsin's going to surprise a lot of teams this year, a lot of people across the national landscape, probably not on a lot of uh, radars right now, but uh, definitely one to watch, really fun to watch how how uh, their season plays out. Um, next on my list, sticking at the quarterback spot, DJ Uyangalale. You've heard us uh, talk about him quite a bit if you're a listener to the pod. He's gone to uh, Oregon State. A lot of people might not really realize thinking back at the year that Oregon State had last year, but they went 10 and three. Yeah, I forgot they were pretty good. Yeah, they were pretty good. And if things can click for him, you know, obviously he's a former five star, new environment, new system, new coach, second lease on life. I think he could really be a key player in shaking things up in the Pac-12. So a couple of interesting things there. One, they just announced him as the uh, starter, which is, uh, of course, he's the starter. Other thing, though, is he's, he's if you've seen some commentary coming out of camp, he already kind of threw Clemson under the bus, saying how dysfunctional the offense was, hang it wasn't clicking, wasn't his thing. Who knows if that's true? We're going to find out here in the next 12 weeks or so, but um, he seems pretty bullish on his own brand and his own fit at Oregon State. Can't blame him for that. So um, obviously that is far and away the most high upside talent quarterback that Oregon state's ever had. So we'll keep an eye on that one. Uh, next one. I'm going to go over to Jordan Birch, Jordan Birch, four to five star guy, uh, defensive end, defensive tackle tweener. He wreaked havoc for South Carolina for years. he moved over to Oregon. Uh, Oregon is obviously known for their offense. They're high. They're, they're fast. They're slick. Bo Nix. We all, we've all heard about that. The defensive side of the ball has not has not always been there, um, but he is a he is a guy that can do a lot of things really really well. Uh, create havoc off the pass rush. Really good against the run. Um, really big talented. Probably going to play on Sundays. I'm really excited to see if he can become the threat. You know, if you have that true pass rush threat that really that, that defensive coordinators and quarterbacks have to account for every play, um, it really changes the dynamic of that defense. And honestly, he's going to have a chance to go against a lot of really good quarterbacks in the Pac-12, best quarterback conference in the country by far this year. So I look for Jordan Birch to have a big impact. 
Yeah, I like that. Uh, we're going to roll through a couple more really quickly. I want to give uh, Florida State's whole team an honorable mention. They <laughs> cleaned up in in the transfer portal, uh, specifically Fentrell Cypress. Uh, I definitely want to mention him. Uh, he's a former Wahoo. He was like a four-star cornerback uh, out of South Carolina, and he's a plug-and-play guy. They've got uh, talent with Jeremiah Byers at offensive tackle. He's a plug-and-play guy. He's out of UTEP, I think, so not a lot Sounds of eyes right. have been on him. And then the, another big one who you'll definitely see a lot of um, Jaheim Bell at tight end, who is a freaking stud. Yeah. Um, you'll see him. He's, he's huge. Six, two, uh, two Oh seven really creates a lot of mismatches. You can flex him out. Uh, he'll be catching a lot of balls this year. And they, and that's just the tip of the iceberg for them. They, I think they added like 10 guys on in the transfer portal. Florida State had the number one, it could 24, seven composite transfer rankings this past season, meaning they brought in more and better talent than anybody in the country close number two is lsu i will say we also brought in a lot of guys um all like at cornerback i like that. all yes. the secondary seriously a whole second to be rebuilt um yeah for, what, keep your eye on the florida state's uh, impact transfers other one i'm gonna go for um two on two on these are both two high profile guys dorian singer the wide receiver transfer from arizona led the pac 12 in receiving yards and bear alexander the defensive the defensive tackle from georgia who also transferred to usc two big names flashy guys definitely secured the bag um, they're both going to eat. Dorian Singer is a Jordan Addison type plug and play guy who I expect to get, eat, have big numbers. And Bear Alexander, like all name has, team, all name team for sure. With Tony, my boy Tony Musket, Bear Alexander has a chance to be that guy to transform a defense, which is pitiful and trying to compete for the uh, national championship. Um, if you have a if you have a guy in your nose that's that kind of havoc maker, which and he was, he showed definitely showed fat flashes of an Athens last year. Um, if he can do that at USC. He brings a lot. So two two defensive line I really like in the Pac-12 this year, Bear Alexander and uh, Jordan Birch. Uh, yeah, one more for me. Um, sure. Got to mention my boy Deontay Thornton uh, coming to Tennessee from Oregon, former four-star uh, wide receiver. He's going to be replacing basically Bolitnikoff Award winner Jalen Hyatt in the slot. We'll look to to see this guy. He's a freak athlete. He's a burner on the outside, but he's he's physically 6'5", 185. Um, so he's going to put up some numbers this year. Uh, nice. And where did he come from? What school? Oregon. Oregon. Yeah. Okay. Very nice. Very nice. Also, I'll, I'll do two more uh, home cooking team guys. Uh, Omar, uh, Omar Spates or Spites. I'm not sure the all Pac-12 as uh, Pac-12 linebacker out of Oregon State. He's now at LSU playing next to Harold Perkins, all world Harold Perkins. Really excited for him. I think LSU has some absolute wreckers in their front seven, especially yeah, the their D line is going to be stout. D line is going to be nasty. Everyone's going to be going to have their eyes on Harold Perkins. I think I think Spites is going to get a bajillion plays funneled right to him. I think he's really going to eat. I'm excited for him. And lastly, we have to say it's because we did Brennan Armstrong going from UVA to NC State. Breaks our heart as UVA fans, but um, Dave Doran's a great coach. NC State's a great program. Uh, I think if you're an NC State fan and you're a sad Wahoo fan, I understand. I think he's I think he's got a lot of upside there too. So I'm, I think I look for him to – Devin O'Leary is a great quarterback. He's following him. But I think Brandon Armstrong can do a lot of great things uh, for the Wolfpack this year. Yeah, not a bad situation to lose a guy like Devin Leary and plug in a Brandon Armstrong. And Brandon Armstrong's pretty mobile too. Um, so, yeah, he's definitely in a good spot. And like you said, NC State has been a solid program for uh, several years now. So nice. in a good situation for him. Very nice. So that's just a tip of the iceberg for transfers. And we'll talk more about transfers this season. Because a lot of these guys are going to emerge. Literally hundreds of them went to the portal. Hundreds found new teams. And we, there's a lot of names that we, haven't, that we haven't found yet. We'll find more. But those are just a couple of names that Mike and I want to talk about preseason that stand out. 
moving on, let's talk about some coaching hot seats. Uh, so what we're going to do is we're going to talk about a hot, some hot seats. We're going to decide if they are on the hot seat. Oh, hot, 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 hot. Or if that's just all hype. You are fake news. It's one or the other. So it's either are they hot or are they not? It's not really clear. Um, we'll start with the obvious one. Uh, Neil Brown at West Virginia probably should have been fired last year. The new AD is brought in. I think we both agree he's in the hot seat. It's not really worth talking about. Is there what? Here's a question for you, Mike. What's his? What does Neil Brown's record to be at West Virginia to not get fired? Oh, that's a good one. Good, 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 good question. Uh, I think they have to do better than than you know your your six and six. Um, yes. I think you know then they have to show some flashes. So uh, I think it's going to be tough for him. I don't see him surviving the year. But that's just my personal take. 22 and 25 after four years. It's five and a half wins a year. He's got to, I mean, in my mind, it's got to be, he's got to start fast because he might not even survive October. Like forget the end of the year. I bet we'll question will he survive October, but he's one of the big power five names that's got to go. Uh, number two on our list, Dino Babers, uh, 36 and 49 after seven years. He's had two winning seasons. Uh, Syracuse is a really tough place to win. And Dino Babers has done pretty well, all things considered. So... I don't know. I go either way in this one. What do you think, Mike? Hot or not? I think the thing that uh, is in his favor is that the expectations are pretty low there as far as, um, you know, I think he he's kind of flying under the radar. If he goes bowling again, he he definitely survives the year. They've got, you know, unique offense. He's shown flashes in the past. They've been able to to get some good wins, maybe not numbers wise, but um, yeah, he's he's definitely getting closer to being on the hot seat. I don't know if he's there yet. Yeah, I think he's a definitely beneficiary of the lower expectations for sure. So, like, if I think six and six, I think bowling probably keeps him around. Yeah. If the wheels come off, if it's four and eight, he's probably his day. If he's eight and four, probably extend him for a bajillion years. So, and the last one is Tom Allen, Indiana. He's 30 and 40. They just hired a new AD. Indiana is going to be one of the worst teams in the Big Ten. Um, his days are probably numbered, but I think we can both agree that for Dana, I think we can both agree that for Tom Allen, his seat is definitely. Oh, hot, 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 hot. Don't play it twice. All right, let's talk about some guys that are kind of fringy that are more, kind of more mainstream. So uh, first one, these are these are kind of long shots. Ryan Day, one of the incredible coach, no. 45 and six, five years. If he loses to Michigan again, is there any chance he's the, that he's on the hot seat? They go 10 no. and two. And they lose to Michigan and say Ohio State. No. Anybody? Nope. You no. are fake news. Fake news. Not hot. Okay. No, nope, not hot. It. Not I mean, people at- aren't going to be happy, but he's not no. on the hot seat. No, they're saying. All right, let's move on. Jimbo Fisher, uh, just hired by Petrino, came off five and seven. He is, uh, what's that? He's 39 and 21 in six seasons there. Good, not great. Um, if they don't go bowling again, is he fired? Yes. Hot, His buyout. Hot, 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 hot. So we're going to do okay. that now. <laughs> buyout is astronomical, but yeah, I, uh, I think they'll find a way to get it paid they they'll get rid of him. Uh, if he has a good season, you know, if they finish in the top 15, he's sticking around, even if they don't, you know, if they lose a couple, I think he's, he's still there. Uh, last one, then we'll keep it going. Uh, Steve Sarkeesian, Texas, 13 and 12 recruiting his tail off. Texas is the best team in the country, but it's also Texas. Things are weird in Texas. You and I actually love to talk about how the, that, that team is kind of all over the map and things are just weird. Yeah. Um, Every the, the expected expectation, I think I picked him for the Big Twelve. I think you did too. I think I put him put him in the playoff. He's the best team in the conference by far. Like with that comes a certain amount of pressure, and not just pressure, but Texas pressure. So, what are we talking about for him that he would be fired after three years? 
I think the wheels would have to completely come off again. I think if they have a strong season, he's been trending in the right direction. He's been recruiting well. Uh, yep. If they have a good year, you know, get to a New Year's six or something like that, um, th- that's fine. You know, things would have to really go bad for him to go. I think 10 or two and nine and three is good. Anything better than that's obviously a great season. I think eight and four, he's probably fine. Yeah, I think anything, fine. I think anything less than that. And we're going to spend all of the 2023 off season talking about Texas hot seat because yeah, he'll be, yeah. Next year it'll be put up or shut up, but yeah. he's got another year regardless. Sure. Sure. I think I like that a lot. Cool too. All right, cool. Well, obviously every year so there are numerous big jobs that come up every season. And those are just some potential candidates. Uh, James Franklin or Jim or Jim Harbaugh might move on. Somebody might get fired the blue. It happens every year. It's kind of impossible to predict at this point, but those are just some potential candidates that we want to kind of throw at you. All right, good stuff. Let's move on to week zero. So we are actually talking about football. We are talking about football. It's going to happen in on a two football days podcast on no a way. football podcast, real games. Uh, so there are seven games this week. Uh, a couple ranked players. Uh, the Most of them are quite frankly, pretty bad. Um, so what we're going to do is Mike and I are just going to kind of walk through just some things that we think are interesting that we, the reasons we are watching that might want to, uh, get your attention. Um, I'll jump in. I'll jump right in. Uh, first thing I'm looking for is actually the first game on two 30 Navy at Notre Dame in Ireland, the games at two 30 playing in Ireland. So it's like seven 30 local. I want to see how Sam Hartman fits in. Um, I know that Navy is, is putrid. They just fired their, uh, King, Ken Miamaloto, forgive me, I'm butchering his name. Navy is transitioning one of the worst pass defenses ever last season. Um, I just, I want to see, I know the Navy's not going to test them, but I'm immediately interested in what he looks like coming from the wake system into the Notre Dame system. Yeah, absolutely. All eyes are going to be on that. And um, it's a weird game because it is in Ireland and Navy is kind of a strange opponent uh, to to open up with. So I wouldn't Triple option. Sure. Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't expect everything to look um, perfect for Notre Dame by any stretch of the imagination. They struggled with Navy last year, only winning by three points. They did. But um, yeah, I think we should see good signs for uh, for Notre Dame. Any amount of um, a close game, you know, in the third or fourth quarter might be uh, sounding alarm bells uh, if you're an Irish fan. The, the, the thing about Notre Dame is like the, the upside for Notre Dame, because they are a pretty darn talented team, is if Sam Hartman is the man, if Sam Hartman goes in there and puts up a Wake Forest style stat line at Notre Dame, they're in the they're in the national championship conversation. So the question. So this is this is the kind of potential impact that Sam Hartman has. So right away, I want to know, am I going to be talking about Notre Dame in December? And I think we're not going to get the answer to that question in two days, but we're going to see some things that might lead us to that. So and and I also want to see how they hold up against Navy's run game. Uh, There were times last year when Notre Dame got pushed around a little bit, specifically in that Marshall game where where they lost. Um, They were beat up on the ground. um, And Navy is is obviously not to the level of of, uh, even Marshall, but um, we we should expect them to shut down the run. It would, again, be uh, surprising to uh, to give up some some big time uh, yardage on the ground to uh, the midshipmen. Yep. What else you got? Um, not a whole lot, honestly. Uh, we're going to be looking at that USC San Jose state game. The line is like 30, uh, for the Trojans. (laughs) Yeah. Um, USC only beat two teams last year, uh, by 30. It was rice and Colorado. (laughs) So that's a big, that's a big line. That's a big cover. Um, even for 
a high powered offense like USC and San Jose State is or is is not a pushover. So um I don't I don't know. I don't know if I like them to cover that. That's just my take on um on that game. Other than that, it's really just watching the Caleb Williams show, watching their offense, um yep. seeing seeing if San Jose State can put up a little bit of a fight. So yeah, so San Jose State, San Jose State was a, is, is a is a mid level G five team. Their bowl came there, and they're actually and their strength is their offense. They do have like a six year quarterback, and they're returning seventy percent of their production. I'm also I'm obviously interested in that game because again, that's one of those things where USC is a lot like Notre Dame, like one piece that fits, and they are in the national title contention. For them, it's not the offense; it's the defense. My yeah. point: San Jose State is okay on offense. They've got a good quarterback who can throw the ball around, and they're bringing a lot back. If San Jose state tests this usc defense the red flags are going to be going off like crazy i don't i know it's year one i know it's the first game they're not they're no they're in no serious risk of losing but if they look bad if they get run all over if they're doing other if they start throwing screen passes and quick slants and those guys there's breakdowns in the secondary like this is gonna be one of those things okay usc is gonna be eight and four again because they can't stop a nosebleed like that's gonna be so for me it's I want to see what USC's defense at least look, God, somewhat competent against mid-level G5 tool. Yeah, that's a great take. USC gave up points all over the place last year, ending the season, you know, against Tulane with 46 points, 47 against Utah. Uh, So that'll be something to watch. Maybe give us a little bit of uh, what we can expect on the road. Yep. Uh, last thing I'm looking forward to looking forward to is the o- Ohio San Diego State game, and really just because this is just a gambling play. Uh, Ohio is getting slept on, in my opinion, and frankly, they're bringing back. They were ten and four last year. They return a ton on offense. Uh, Curtis O'Rourke is just a good quarterback. So if you're looking for a money making spot, that game's at seven o'clock. San Diego State goes to by Brady Hoke, former Michigan guy. Remember him? He's been around for a bajillion years. They don't have much identity on offense. Uh, this game opened up uh, uh, my, giving San Diego State. I'm seeing Ohio anywhere from plus 115 to plus 130. Um, it's a really, really good spot for an upset. So uh, give me the Bobcats uh, to, to get a first season upset so from a gambling spot. That's, that'll be my seven o'clock wager. Sweet. Well, I have one for you, and okay. it comes in the form of the New Mexico State Aggies against the UMass Minutemen. Oh, I'm ready um, for this. Yeah. New Mexico State is only a six and a half point favorite. UMass is terrible (laughs) they went they've gone three and 37 since 2019 and 13 and 27 against the spread i don't know why this is only a one touchdown game the aggies are a decent squad they're definitely gonna cover this they went seven and six last year they're trending in the right direction um give me the aggies to cover against the umass minutemen I'm going to take that bet. I actually with you, I'm actually with you as well. Uh, I, I do like Don Brown, the coach of UMass. I think eventually they will get better, but it's not going to be in week one. And I also I think, I think New Mexico is going to put it on them. That, that spread is too low. Uh, good stuff. All right. Well, short pod today because honestly, everyone's got a lot going on and we're getting so close to the action. That's all I got. Uh, anything else for the good of the order? No, a little Mike Blitz quick hit. Mobile Mike Mike Blitz quick. I love it. All right. Good stuff. All right, folks. We will see you Saturday. We'll be back Sunday with our uh, kind of uh, review of what happened week zero. And we'll get start talking about week one, our first full slate. The Volunteers, the Tigers, the Cavaliers, the Hokies are all going to be playing football along with their 90 best friend teams. So we're going to be talking a lots of football before we know it. Very excited. So get excited for that. Make sure you like, subscribe, uh, leave us a review on Apple, um, hop, in the, hop on the Patreon. Love to have you. The community is buzzing. College football is here. We are excited. Uh, let's go. Let's go. All right, everybody. Cheers.
Now I'm ready for a beer. <laughs> now you're speaking my language. Let's mm-hmm. get it. Hollywood go. Go. Hey Hollywood. Hey Hollywood go. Go.